Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Hold up. Drake muted. Welcome back to On the Block. East Drake and Austin Orman here for the second half of On the Block, the third hour, which is three o'clock to us. Um, listen, the Husker baseball team is about to finally got out, made it out of Lincoln. The storm was brewing and the snow was pouring down. But at the end of the day, they're on their way to San Diego to get it started uh, for the Husker baseball season. And uh, there's a lot of things to talk about with regards to that. A lot of new faces. One of the areas that we felt that uh, kind of troubled them on last year with injuries and all kinds of things with the team and the lack of success after uh, winning the Big Ten is pitching. And so they were able to get guys healthy. Kyle Perry, obviously the left-hander, who is one of their leaders, uh, as well as uh, uh, and uh, uh, those guys who had a 23 and 30 record on last year, but now they're going to step, step it up. And they've got some new faces that came in vets that's suiting up for the team. Uh, Fisher who came out of the conference USA. Uh, he's a first teamer for them. 83 starts uh, out of Southern Miss is going to be uh, getting it going for them. Uh, Righty Michael, Mike, Michael Garza, as well is going to be uh, coming in who came out of incarnate word. Um, he's going to be able to get it going as well as a center fielder in Casey Burnham uh, as well. That's going to get a piece of, uh, uh, of the plate at a hundred games in his career out of Kansas. So they've got a lot of guys that they were able to bring into this group. They've got a lot of versatility with guys uh, like um, <clears throat> Effie Cervantes um, who gives them a little bit of versatility, capability of playing all positions on the infield, uh, probably will back up a little bit on the corners. But then uh, something to keep an eye on is the freshman watch. Uh, Caleb Clark uh, and Carey, who are fr- freshmen there. Uh, but let's start there, man. Talk about the freshmen. Uh, Carey coming out of Colorado. He hit 355 there against college pitching now in the uh, in the Mink League uh, with 16 doubles, three homers uh, in 41 games, who was the team's MVP? But but is it going to be the freshman leadership or is it going to be the veteran leadership that's going to help this team to to get off to a good start? I, I think it's got to be the upperclassmen to start. Th- those are the guys that have been through college baseball before. They have to come out and set the tone early. As, as you look at last season, how Nebraska started, Max Anderson and Bryce Matthews are two guys that didn't start the season all that well. They didn't get off, you know, two hot starts. And I think that kind of sunk Nebraska because when they didn't start hot, they were the ones in the middle of that lineup expected to help carry it uh, coming off of their, you know, great first seasons. But then when they started slow, that made other guys who weren't ready have to pick up the slack. And then when those guys weren't able to do it, it makes Anderson and Matthews press that much more, you know, to try that much harder to not just get a hit, but get a big hit. And there were, you know, a few bright spots for those guys. But those are two guys that after last year's slow start, I think have to step up and be ready to go from the jump. On the offensive side, Griffin Everett is a rock back there. 
Uh, I'm glad he came back. I think he can provide a lot for this team behind the dish. Uh, maybe she splits time with Josh Karen as well. But if those three guys in Everett Anderson and Matthews get off to hot starts, I think it takes a lot of pressure off the freshman like Carey because as well as he hit, you mentioned his stats against what was college pitching. It's different when you get into the season. You know, you're playing for your school and you're seeing that caliber night in, night out. So to me, it has to be the upperclassmen on offense setting the tone and setting the table early. Now, put the freshmen in positions to succeed. Don't put it all on their backs early. And I think you have to say the same for the pitching staff. You're starting off with Emmett Olson, who was a second team, you know, all Big Ten pitcher last year, really emerged as Nebraska's go-to guy in that weekend rotation toward the end of last season. Emmett Olson really stepped up to the challenge with all the, the pitching injuries. Um, I was excited to see that. And then you get guys like Perry and Shanneman back, who right now aren't in the weekend rotation uh, because of a transfer in Jace Kaminska and a freshman in Caleb Clark that you mentioned. So whatever the role Perry or Shanneman have, it's going to be important because of the youth on the pitching staff in some places or the new faces. I mean, Kyle and Shea are both Nebraska kids. They've been around the block. They know what Coach Bold expects. So whether they're, you know, featured heavily, you know, on the mound, we see them out there a lot, or if they're they're mentors, they have their role to play as pieces in a bullpen or spot starters, midweek starters, you know those guys are old enough and mature enough to accept the role that Coach Bolt and Coach Christie give them. But again, it comes down to those upperclassmen being the ones to lay out, hey, here's the culture. Here are our expectations. And young bucks, this is how you fit in. Well, obviously, um, Norris grad and, and uh, sophomore C.J. Hood, uh, he's going to be a little bit of limited. Uh, he had 18 appearances last year, which was third most on the team, uh, with a 4.26 ERA uh, in 12 and uh, two-third frames. So uh, they're going to hope to be able to get him going, coming off of an injury as well. As I said, injuries was big uh, for this team. But also one other thing to think about, man, is um, a lot of the players, some of the veteran leadership, some that had opportunities to move on, and, and go and be pros that are young players as well. Um, one of the things I like about what Coach Bolt has done is that in his culture, they have a want to return to winning ways. They have a want mm-hmm. to stay because it gave them such a bad taste in their mouth after you go from winning a, a, a conference championship to then you you, you just fell, fell off the you know You miss your conference tournament. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So a lot of those guys had a bad taste when they could have went on and probably pursued pro opportunities and money. They wanted to come back and 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 set the set the uh, set the bar right. So what what's your take on that? I think that's huge because as we look at Will Bolt and what he talks about his mentality being you no know, gritty, not pretty. Last year wasn't pretty if you look at the record at twenty three and thirty, but it wasn't necessarily gritty either. Nebraska struck out with guys on base constantly, didn't find ways to get guys on over and in. The pitching battled toward the end of the year, but with all the injuries, you never really got to see that group, you know, get into a groove. So I think that having some of those upperclassmen coming back hungry fits in with what Will Bolt personified as a player, what he wants his teams to to be like, how he wants them to behave as the head coach now. And uh, along with that, that's, I think, when Nebraska is the best. It's hard 
to be, you know, the hunted. It's hard to be the one that's at the top of the standings. And after losing a lot of the pieces that Nebraska did from that uh, Big Ten championship team, that was always going to be a big ask for the young guys to step up and replicate that. But it's one thing to not be able to replicate a league championship, and it's another to completely miss your eight-team conference tournament in a honestly kind of middling you know, league yeah. in the Big Ten yeah. that doesn't necessarily hasn't necessarily proven that it always takes baseball seriously. So yeah. to have that, that drive and the motivation, I mean, I'm sure the whole team will have it, but you get those guys returning from last year, which is big. They, they ought to be hungry. They ought to come ready to work and compete. But I think it's that competition that's really going to drive it. Nebraska can have 39 players on the roster, uh, the normal 35, and then the four uh, that are using the COVID year to get up to 39. But, Strick, we talk about all the turnover on the roster for football. Baseball was even more dramatic. The number of yeah. guys they brought in, not just freshmen, but transfers and junior college guys as well. And that tells me a couple things. Number one, Will Bolt thinks this team isn't that far away and finding you know, those few right guys at the right position can get this team back to the Big Ten tournament, maybe even an NCAA regional. But also, Will Bolt wants those guys who aren't satisfied, that want to work harder, yeah. that want to raise that bar. Because if you know Will Bolt was, a, was in the mindset of, okay, well, last year was bad, but we think we like the pieces that we have, and we'll give them you know, another year to develop, another offseason, and we'll see how next season goes. You don't see nearly this, this roster attrition and you know, changeover that you did. But because Will Bolt is so competitive, I think he wants to breed that in his players, have them embody that as well. So that's why you go get all these JUCO guys. That's why you go get all these transfers to say no one's spot is safe. you got to work your butt off. you got to come to play every day, or you might not even have a spot on the team. Well, talk about the willingness to want to to do things better for Nebraska bas- uh, baseball. Is n- n- Nebraska has basically taken on uh, the NIL uh, image, name, and likeness and adding – baseball players to it so the 1890 initiative on wednesday announced that they're going to be working with the husker baseball team at the beginning of this year uh along with football and volleyball uh and a few other sports and 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 this is where an area we talk about basketball we're hoping to be able to get them to find someone to to push that and that's why the success hopefully late if they can make a push would, would push them towards that but with baseball now being able to uh you know make this happen um, it becomes the first partial score, uh, scholarship score, uh, sport that is entering into this fold. So uh, what's your thought about that and, and really looking to build a program in a conference that really, as you said, doesn't take it seriously, but Nebraska seems to be taking it seriously with the uh, uh, name, image, and likeness. Right. It, it, it can do nothing but help Nebraska to get involved in the name, image, likeness space in the Big Ten because it's hard enough to – get guys that want to play in the Big Ten. You want to go play in the SEC. You want to go play in the ACC. You want to go play in the Pac-12. You want to play in the Big 12. It, you can get to all those conferences before you get to the Big Ten and probably even some you know smaller schools or some smaller conferences in warmer weather locations. Nebraska, to me, Strick, has no excuse to not be the class of Big Ten baseball. Maryland's been really good uh, the last couple of years. They'll be good again this year. Michigan had a run. I mean, it made it to the College World Series. That's impressive. Indiana's had some good teams. Ohio State's had some good good players. Iowa's on the way up. But, Strick, there's no reason that Nebraska can't or shouldn't be 
the best program in the Big Ten, there's no excuse. You might not be the best team every year. Sure, you're not expected to win the conference every year, despite that being, you know, the goal. That's unrealistic to win it every year because there are other programs who do care about baseball, who do take it seriously. But given what Nebraska's history is, given who's in charge of it, and honestly, Nebraska's in a, a good spot weather-wise. You know, it's not USC-UCLA when they joined the league, but it's, you know, warmer than a lot of other places that are playing baseball more consistently. San Diego, the Big Ten, and all that. So with the history, with the location, you know Nebraska's going to schedule tough, so you'll get those opportunities in the non-conference to go play your Arizona States, your Oregon States. I mean, this tournament they're going to up in Minneapolis, you're playing two of the top five teams in the country from the SEC and Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. So to me, NIL is just another piece of that that makes Nebraska an attractive option. You don't get a lot of guys committed to Nebraska or thinking about Nebraska uh, that are going to you know, get picked out of high school in the top 10 rounds of the draft. That's just not the type of talent Nebraska attracts consistently. So what Nebraska has to sell is, hey, here's Coach Bolt. He's a grinder. He'll work with you and work your way up. Coach Christie, Coach Harvell, the same way. These are guys that are going to work with you to, we know you're talented, but if you stay here, it's not going to be MLB draft money. It's not going to be signing bonus, but we can get you a little something to make coming to Nebraska worth your while. And then after two or three years here in our program, you're on your way. Well, uh, that's good. That's good. We're hoping that the Huskers get off to a wonderful start for the baseball season. They're going to enjoy that weather down there in San Diego. They better uh, <laughs> enjoy it for the rest of us. <laughs> but let's make a let's make a shift. Um, you know, obviously, the uh, Husker women played up in Minneapolis. Now I'm sure the weather was definitely not the way that it was uh, up there. Um, the Huskers fell short, and they suffered their third uh, th- third straight loss uh, to Minnesota who is 10 and 16 and only three and 12 in conference. That's a game that they felt that they needed to get in order to get back. This could hurt uh, their postseason uh, chances dramatically. Um, I know that they've been talking about an addition to a, uh, an NIT for women's basketball, uh, basketball, but right now in NCAA is uh, the big dog still. And uh, they did, weren't able to go up there and get it done. It looked like they got off to a, a very, very slow start, but um, just just that late come on wasn't able to work for them. It messes up a Jazz Shelley wonderful night, getting a career high of 37, where she scored 28 of those 37 in the second half um, and uh, got a good look at it in the corner with one, one, uh, one second left, but just uh, came up a little short out there in Williams Arena. It's unfortunate because you, you feel like you you tried to give away Michigan State and Northwestern. You managed to win both of those games. You lead against Illinois and give that one away. And then you have to go on the road to Michigan. That's a tough place to play against the top 25, top 15 type of program. Again, you, you play tough, but you, you find a way to lose, which is unfortunate. And last night's game against Minnesota felt a little trap game-ish. With Minnesota at the bottom of the standings, and you know you're still on your road trip, but you know who's on the schedule this weekend. You know you're coming back home, and you have a lot of emotions on your mind when you think about Iowa and having them on the docket this weekend, and how that could be, you know, a season-defining, season-changing type of win. So it was good to see the offense pick up for Nebraska in uh, Minnesota last night. I mean, if you look at 
that you score 31 points in the first half, not great. But then, Strick, you put up 33 points in the third quarter. You score more in 10 minutes than you did in 20, and then another 28-point quarter. That's impressive. You mentioned Jazz Shelley getting back on track. Izzy Bourne had a good night. But to me, when I think of trap game, I think of that defensive focus waning. You know, because you're not as locked in. You're looking somewhere else. Whereas you've got to be locked in for all 30 seconds on that shot clock on defense. Plain and simple, Nebraska wasn't. And it might have cost them their ultimate goal at the end of the season. Yeah, and it was sad because uh, Jazz Shelley actually completed a four-point play uh, to tie the game at 92. Uh, Nebraska then gets a stop, Austin, and uh, they have an inbound play. Minnesota ends up fi- uh, fouling uh, Sam Hybe. Uh She goes to the free throw line where she misses both free throws with 12 seconds left, and that set up uh, Minnesota to be able to, to have a great play and ultimately win that game. And, and, and that's, the, that's the part that we talk about all the time, Austin, is free throws matter, especially in mm-hmm. crucial parts of the game. If you're not able to secure them or to help you to get back into it, it can cost you and it cost uh, the Huskers in this specific game as well. It did. Not that that's the only thing. Right. Because, again, Alexis Markowski, one of their top players, goes three for 14 for the game. In the inside, you know, you you, you hope that she's able to take care of things on the inside and get that done. I'm not blaming this on her per se, but I'm just saying if, if you have her playing her normal, even just a regular type of game, this game probably doesn't look the same as far as uh, Minnesota's chances. No, it's probably not a double-digit Nebraska win. It's probably not comfortable, yeah. but you find a way to survive in advance. But Hybe goes 5 of 9 from the free throw line on the night. 5 of 7 isn't great, but you can live with that. 5 of 9 isn't good. And then you look at yeah. what they did from the field. Uh, Hybe and Markowski combined strict to go 5 of 25. It's bad yeah. enough if one player you know, goes right. 2 for 11, 2 for 10. But if you have two players two starters who played over 30 minutes of the 40 minute game go five for 25 combined. That's a tough way to win. That's a lot of shots. That's a lot of, you know, missed opportunities. Nebraska took pretty good care of the ball, only 10 turnovers, but missing that many shots from two of your better players, that's difficult to overcome. And the bench didn't get much run either. That was such an up and down game. um, Offensively, not a single bench player played double digit minutes. You only get nine minutes out of Ani Stewart, eight out of Callan Hake. So Nebraska really leaned on its starters in a game it needed to win, and that's what hurt. You, you couldn't lose this game, and yet you expend all that energy, you expend all that offense, just ultimately fall short, and that makes it you know doubly disappointing. Well, there's a couple things that are happening over the weekend. Hopefully the weather will uh, allow this to happen the way that we would hope it to be able to happen is – the Huskers 2023 Hoops Reunion will be happening this weekend mm. where you'll see players like Henry T. Buchanan, who has been on the show, Drake ben, uh, uh, Baronic, uh Nebraska native, who has been on the show, Bruce Chubbick, my teammate, will be there. Stricky will be there. Uh, Dave Hoppin, legend. Andy Markowski, we just spoke about his daughter, will be there. Albert Maxey. Uh, they say the McGowan's boys will be there as well. Keith Moody, former point guard for us as well. Walter Perchford, solid forward out of Florida, who transferred in to give us a little bit of time. Uh, Jake Mulson, who is uh, on uh, uh, Husker Radio, will also be in the building. So those are just to name a few of the names that are going to be in attendance. We are going to be also, I think, showing up for the uh, women's basketball game Mm, on Saturday. The women will be taking on the Iowa Hawkeyes in another 
uh, Big Ten matchup there. Uh, they will be playing them. I think it's seven. No, wait, hold on a second. Don't, don't let me. Don't let me say that incorrectly. Oh gosh. Um, what is that? Oh, it's a one. The game o'clock. time is one a.m. Yep, one, uh, 1 p.m. One p.m. on Saturday. They'll be playing at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Show up there. There is kind of a mini wager on uh, 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 on what the attendance is going to be. So uh, show up and show out for the Husker ladies as well. Uh, any final thoughts on uh, the weekend coming up? Anything uh, in the news that you heard or think or or or, or have anything you'd like to discuss? Uh, yeah, let's get some of the uh, the Husker legends suited up for the men against Maryland. I mean, the team's been playing well, but hey, you can get a little more shooting, a little more defense. Uh, it never, never hurt anyone. So I know you said you're not playing, but you can you can go put your suit and tie on, put a quarter zip on, go sit by uh, Fred and the crew. Five the minutes. Five minutes, Austin. That's all I got. That and might it, be all they standing need. Standing in the corner, it's standing in the corner, and let Derek, uh, <laughs> Derek Walker, and uh, 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 Sam Grease will maybe kick one out. Uh, that's all I got. It's About strict. Five minutes. That's called being a role player, <laughs> knowing who you are, knowing your job, not trying to do too much more. If that's what you can give, I'm sure the team would appreciate that. So yeah, get those legends suited up and cheer loud for the women. I mean, if they still have a chance to finish 500 in conference play, improve that that tournament seating a little bit, but find a way to beat Iowa. You only got to be one point better once. That's all you got to do. Find a way to beat Iowa, win your last couple to close the regular season, and take your chances in the Big Ten tournament. Well, that, that'll sum it up for that. On the other side of the break, we're going to have Andrew Alex that's going to join us. We'll talk a little bit about uh, some, um, some college sports, sports preparation for the NCAA March Madness tournament. Uh, guys that are on the bubble. We'll talk. We'll have some of that talk from uh, 247 Sports. Andrew Alex will be joining us. We're 93.7 The Ticket. On the block. We'll be right back. And thanks to Mary Ellens for your constant support. I wish I was in town because I sure would have been in the building. But Mary Ellens, go down and see those guys. 27th and Pine Lake. Uh, They're uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska. And uh, wonderful food. Great group of guys. Great group of people. Shout out to them. Weather. Be careful today. We'll be right back after this. Andrew Alex on the other side. 